All right, good morning, everyone. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this beautiful day that you have made, and we rejoice and are glad in the beauty of your creation and your abundant blessings to us, your hand of providence to sustain us and guide us for this rain to to soak our our dry land. Lord, we pray that um, you would soak our hearts with your word and your spirit this morning, that you would continue to transform us and sanctify us by your spirit and, and feed us through your word and multiply gospel fruits in our lives. So we pray that you would be with us now and that you would be glorified through the teaching of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, welcome everyone. We are, I think now, um, is it the 12th session of our catechism series on the doctrine of God? And we are looking at, this morning, the wisdom of God. Now we've, from last week, Alex started the communicable attributes of God and know that those are the attributes, or two weeks ago we started the communicable attributes of God. Those are the attributes of God which in some way God shares with us. Compared to incommunicable attributes of God, those attributes of God which God alone has himself. Okay, we, he is, uh, he, welcome, you can, can come in. <laughs> Um, he has a whole lot of things that we are not, but we are looking at things that he shares in some way with us. And this morning, the wisdom of God. So for those of you who it's their first time here, this is an interactive session. If you have any questions or anything, uh, please feel free to put up your hands, ask. Um, so let's start with a scripture, um, Job 9 verse 4, which says, He is wise in heart. And mighty in strength. Now, God has perfect wisdom. There's there's absolutely no defect in his wisdom. All the treasures of wisdom are locked up in God. And, And no one can have any wisdom here on earth unless the Lord himself grants it. So we may be wise in in certain things, and that's part of God's common grace to believers and unbelievers alike. There are unbelievers, there are Muslims who are very wise in certain things. There are atheists who are wise in certain things. God shares his common grace with believers and unbelievers alike. Um, We can be wise here on earth, but our wisdom is always imperfect. Because it's impossible for any human being to know everything there is to know. God has revealed, um, only, he's permitted only certain things about himself to be revealed. And we see that in classic place, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Get it here. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Okay, so we can never know everything there is to know about God and his wisdom, yet in his grace, in his common grace, he reveals 
he shares some of his wisdom with us, but it's, it's never the full picture. Okay, we can never know all there is to know, and as human beings, as we know all too well, we can be downright foolish at times as well. But God is always perfect, and his wisdom is always absolutely pure. Welcome, Lene. Well to see you. So let me read a, a longer scripture here about the wisdom of God, and then we can get into it more. So Job 12, from verse 12, God's word says, Wisdom is with the aged, and understanding in length of days. With God are wisdom and might. He has counsel and understanding. If he tears down, none can rebuild. If he shuts a man in, none can open. If he withholds the waters, they dry up. If he sends them out, they overwhelm the land. With him are strength and sound wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leads counselors away stripped. And judges, he makes fools. He looses the bonds of kings and binds a waistcloth on their lips. He leads priests away stripped and overthrows the mighty. He deprives, he, he deprives of speech those who are trusted and takes away the discernment of elders. He pours contempt on princes and loosens the belt of the strong. He uncovers the deeps out of darkness and brings deep darkness to light. He makes nations great, and he destroys them. He enlarges nations and leads them away. He takes away understanding from the chiefs of the people of the earth. He makes them wander in a pathless waste. They grope in dark without light, and he makes them stagger like a drunken man. So it's a wonderful picture from the book of Job, just the the spectrum of the wisdom of God, how it touches so many different aspects. The whole running of the universe really is hinged on the wisdom of God. And just if you observe, I've, now that I've bought my own house and I've got a garden, I've started to take more of an interest in, in gardening. And when you, I was in the garden yesterday and you look at all these flowers that are there. It's springtime now. Everything's coming up nicely. And you just look at these variety of flowers. Each one so intricate, so beautiful, unique, with its own fragrance and own little features down to the little minutest details and things. And you think, well, it was the wisdom of God that designed and thought up every single one of those little details in all those flowers. And that just shows a tiny little glimpse of, this, of the infinite wisdom of God, that he would care so much to, to take time to spend in the details of something so beautiful. And then looking up from the garden, look up to the heavens at night and you see the, the, the magnificence of the, the galaxy, the stars. And the Bible tells us that the Lord himself set every one of those stars 
in their place. And on a clear night, you can see how many, we can't even see the extent of all those stars. There are millions of them. And the Lord put them all in their place, for all for his glory. And even our star, the sun, the fact that it's in the specific place that it is in the universe. If it was one degree further away from the earth or one degree closer to the earth, you know, we'd either burn out or we'd freeze. But God in his infinite wisdom has placed things just as they are. And just look at the, the seasons of the year. I mean, it's springtime now. I mean, what I, I love, especially about this past part of the world, is uh, you can see the, the change of seasons. I lived in San Diego for, for three years, and there's just one season there, and it's hot and dry and sunny, and there's no change. But here, you can see there's a definite, come 1st of September, the, the leaves are green on the, the trees, and you start to smell the, the, the jasmine, and you start to notice the different weather patterns, and it, you know, warming up, because Durbanites like to, we feel more at home when we feel that humidity in the air, and we can start to feel that, that now, and as the Lord who set all these seasons in place, and on the whole earth, Psalm 74, 17, you have fixed all the boundaries of the earth, you have made summer and winter, and just think about it, if it was only summer all year round, we'd, we'd get absolutely toasted. If it was only winter, we'd freeze in the cold. But the Lord in his wisdom has provided us with this, these variety of seasons, which give us, well, you know, it, 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 we're not just, so we're not just condemned to one temperature all year round, whether it's day and night. It's not dark all the time. It's not light all the time. Um, we have earth and sea, rain and sun to, to ripen the fruits, to allow crops to grow, to allow um, the earth to flourish. Psalm 104, 24. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. So any questions so far? Just been looking at the wisdom of God in the creation that any or any person can observe this. When we look at creation, why would we perceive that to be wise? Would it be because you could look at the world and say, I perceive that to be good or bad? Because I'm a person or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the wisdom of it all comes out in just the the complexity of it, and that it, it's not random. This creation—that's what the evolutionists and atheists tell us. It's all just a part of the Big Bang of a random set of processes that have been put in place. But no, there's intentional wisdom of God that is behind. Even from the blade of grass, the ground to the flower to how the stars are set. Yes, it definitely reveals the goodness of God, but it's God's wisdom which 
which set that all perfectly, just at the right time and, and space and place. <laughs> Some people believe he did. <laughs> Any other questions? Welcome, Paul. And that's basically what Romans 1 is, is, is telling us. I mean, it's just quickly go there because it's all related here. Yeah, Romans 1.19. <clears throat> For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So the, the fact that God in his infinite wisdom has created creation as we see around us, it gives, there's no excuse not to believe in God from general creation. It should be self-evident to every single human being across this earth that there's at minimum a divine creator. Okay, further information such as the, the gospel, well, you need special revelation which is contained here. So that brings us to our next point is the wisdom of God and the work of redemption. Yes. What would you say the relationship then is between, in light of that, between natural law and wisdom? Yeah, that's a good question. Eat Dr. Van Drunen here. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> um, something you want to maybe sh make the question a bit more specific? Yeah, just because it seems like you, the way the world is says something about God, but then maybe yeah. it also says like something about the way that we have to live in the world. Like recognize the fact that there is natural law implies like yeah. wisdom in that establishment of order and uh, sure. Order. Okay, so for those of you who are maybe not aware, natural law, what is natural law? Hey, Romans 2, 14 to 15. Okay, the law that God has put on every single human heart, which is a law that he gave to Adam in the garden. It's pretty much expressed in, in the Ten Commandments. It's his basic set of laws that every human being across all different cultures there's just a general sense of what's right and wrong. So most humans know that murdering someone is wrong, that um, theft is wrong, etc., etc. That there's a, some desire to worship the Lord, and that obviously gets twisted into idolatry in, in most, um, with you know, with most humans. Um, but yeah, so it's this law that has been placed on our heart, and so wisdom, therefore, it's gained. From that natural law that we can have, that's why I'm saying earlier, Muslims and unbelievers alike and Christians can gain certain um, wise ideas that God has put in creation. Um, is that yeah. kind of where you're going? Cool. Maybe I would say our wisdom is derived from that and other evidences. 
but God is, is actually natural law and the intelligent design of creation is a byproduct of God's wisdom. Mm. Sure. Because God's wisdom actually is evidence to us, he does not let himself without witness, it's evidence to us in natural law, in the intelligent design, just as resplendent the beauty of creation. Yeah. And from that we learn wisdom. Yeah. In the natural way anyways, in Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's look at God's wisdom in redemption, work or redemption. Now, it's only in the perfect wisdom of God that he could have reconciled the dilemma of our sin, okay, which deserves what, according to God's word? Death, okay, the justice of God, and his God's mercy and love for his people. So it was in God's wisdom that before the creation of the universe, the Father covenanted with the Son to be sent to earth to come as man to save a sinful people for himself and, and to, to set his love upon us by dying on the cross and rising again and thereby satisfying the justice of God. So that God's mercy and love could be revealed to us. So it's in Christ that the mercy and justice of God meet. Yeah, that God's justice for our sins can be paid through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And his mercy and love is revealed through Christ by him taking our place and and. Um, Passing over our sins and reconciling us as, as his own children. And that's why Romans eleven thirty three says, Oh, the depth and the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. And we also see the, the wisdom of God through the works of God's providence. Now, God always chooses to produce the, the best possible outcomes through the best possible means. So God always designs perfect ends and employs perfect means. And because the best and the highest end of all is always the glory of God, God always chooses the means that glorify him most. So an example of this, I mean, a couple of months ago we finished preaching through Genesis. And there we, we saw that Joseph was sold into slavery. If you read in Genesis 50, 20, he tells us that God in his wisdom permitted that event to happen. He permitted Joseph to be sold into slavery and endure all those things in order that God's greater purposes may be fulfilled through Joseph. And that was... Joseph being used as an instrument to, to deliver Egypt from the famine, ultimately, and then to bring the nation of Israel down to Egypt. And so only God can zoom out and because and, and, he orchestrates this bigger picture of the story of redemption, of how all these little strands of the story, even the, the, the painful ones, the hard provinces, providences and the good providences, they all work together ultimately to display his, his wisdom. And God's ultimate wisdom is 
displayed in the cross. And that's why 1 Corinthians 1.24 says that Christ is the wisdom of God. Okay, God predestined Christ to be executed on the cross. Now that was the greatest injustice and evil ever recorded in Scripture. But yet, you see in Acts 2.23, God turned that greatest evil into the greatest good, which was for the redemption of us. And that's only in the wisdom of God that that could come about. So it's the wisdom of God which turns the greatest evils into the ultimate good for his children. That's why the Puritan Thomas Watson said the following. God makes the most deadly afflictions cooperate for the good of his children. He purifies them and prepares them for heaven. Those hard frosts hasten the spring flowers of glory. The wise God, by a divine chemistry, turns afflictions into cordials. He makes his people gainers by losses. And turns their crosses into blessings. I think it's a, a wonderful picture of the Lord in his providence and his wisdom using all things in our life ultimately for his purposes and, and for his good. So just to, to wind up and see some implications of, of God's wisdom for us. Well, firstly... We should be in awe and wonder of God and his wisdom and acknowledge that his ways are far greater than our ways. And this should cause us to worship him, ultimately. That's why Romans eleven thirty three says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of God? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. So for us, we can find great rest and comfort in the fact that God is wise. Because when things go bad, when things fall apart in our lives, we are reminded that the sovereign wise God is absolutely in control and he's permitted those things to happen and he promises to use every circumstance even the worst ones to work some good in our lives and to bring glory for himself out of those things and also God hasn't just left us to fumble around here on earth he's he said and as he says in his word James 1 5 if any of you lacks wisdom, well, ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. So, any last questions? Sure, I think that's, you've said it very well. 
Because <laughs> last week, Alex, you looked at knowledge. It's the, it's the sum of God's, what God knows. But the, the wisdom is, I suppose, the application somewhere of that, of that knowledge. Any last questions? Wonderful. Let's pray.